Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The story I want to talk about with Keith Fanoff involves, you know, transportation funding in the state of Connecticut. And I felt like with whether it's, you know, coming out of COVID and the relief money or the infrastructure plan, I, I th- felt like a generational opportunity to really tighten the ship in a ton of different places. And the question is, are we doing it? Are we taking, you know, fiscally in terms of paying down pension liabilities and other things? We've done, you know, you can call it if you if if you want. A, um, depends on your political perspective, whether it's a blue state bailout or not. The state of Connecticut's done a pretty good job of taking that extra money and putting it to use. That's going to help in the long term. But when it comes to tr- the transportation money, I don't know enough about it. So I wanted to welcome in Keith uh, to talk about that. Keith, good morning. How are you? Uh, good morning, Brian. Thanks for having me. It's always good to have you on the program. CT Insider, uh, Keith Faniff. So transportation funds that we got from the federal government are, is going unspent. Is that is that the case? Uh, I'm going to – no, that's not. It's the transportation money we got from the motorists filling up at the pumps and uh, people who – purchased items and therefore because part of the sales tax goes into the special transportation fund. Let me see it. Cause it is, as you said, it's really complex. And let me see if I can do my best to Please. simplify this. You have to almost think of these as two separate shoe boxes. The state budget has something called the special transportation fund. Uh, it's fueled, no pun intended, largely with money from gasoline tax revenues and from a portion, not all, a portion of the state sales tax. That's where it gets most of its money. And it's in the neighborhood of about $2 billion a year. We spend that money largely on two things. We spend that money paying off the principal and interest on transportation bonds we issue, money we borrow. Right. And, and we're going to go right back to that money. The rest of it pays largely for... Uh, the Department of Transportation's operations. It also covers uh, tr- public transit programs um, and, and some DMV operations. But the main two purposes are, you know, to staff the DOT, its planners, its architects, and its engineers, and to go borrow money, to pay the debt service, rather, on borrowing money. Why are we borrowing that money? Well, that money goes into the second shoebox. Think of it as the capital program for transportation. That's the the shoebox we're going to take money out of to fix your roads, your bridges, your rail lines. We pair the money we borrow with federal grants, which, as you pointed out at the top of this interview, are particularly robust since 2021, since Congress and President Biden agreed on a major infrastructure bill. And what's happening is the money in the special transportation fund is not all being spent. In fact, in the last two years, um, Governor Lamont either has run up a huge surplus or is projecting another, in the case of this year, another huge surplus. Last year, 
the fund finished 15% of the black. We had, ironically, at the same time that we finished with a $277 million surplus, We'd had a gas tax holiday going on for 13 months. That holiday returned about $330 million, and most of that uh, revenue loss to the fund happened last fiscal year. So, in other words, we're giving hundreds of millions back to motorists, and we still have hundreds of millions left over. So does the money, just if I can interject for a second with sure. Keith Fan of CT Insider, so does the money roll over? Does it stay there? And what could they be spending it on? Uh, the money, the money goes into the tra- special transportation fund has its own little rainy day fund, just like the general fund does. That rainy day fund is growing so fast for the for the transportation fund. And I'm, I realize it's hard to keep track of these things. So I'll call it. Well, it's the, like funds yeah, of yeah, funds reserve. of funds. We have rainy days yeah. for the rainy days. Well, you asked, do they roll over? No, they they can hold on to that money, but that. STF reserve is going to be equal to more than 50% of the entire STF at the pace we're going by 2026. We're going to have a reserve that's like 51% of the STF in three more years. This year, by the way, we're on pace for a 10% or $204 million surplus, and there is no gas tax holiday, but we're still still going to have a lot of money left over. And, And when you look at what does that really translate into? The amount of transportation borrowing we're doing is not growing commensurate with the extra money pouring into the fund. And you might say, well, what's the extra money going into the STF? We didn't pass tolls. Gas tax, uh, gas tax rates haven't increased. But in 2016, Governor Malloy got the legislature to give the fund a portion of the sales tax. And that money, in part driven by inflation, has just been growing and growing and growing. So what are we going to do with it? Well, like, what? I mean, I guess no. my point is, like, is there an active conversation of are we just going to s- stockpile it? Is there some major infrastructure that could in, go to help? I mean, what can in we? In Governor Lamont's first term, the amount of borrowing that we did, he averaged a year in his first term, um, was only like it barely ticked up what Governor Malloy did. And Governor Malloy didn't have two nickels to rub together. Governor Lamont had. more revenue on average in the STF in his first term, but he borrowed only 2.5% more than Governor Malloy did. Now, last fiscal year, borrowing that had been hovering around $740 million went up to about $830. But the the construction industry is, and then granted, they they have an interest in this, and the construction trades are saying it should be closer to a billion and a half and and seven hundred and. 40 grew to 830. But this past year, the administration said, don't worry. In the new fiscal year, we're going to go up to a billion a year. And they just recently confirmed, no, we're only going from 830 to 875. Are there not enough projects? No, I promise. This is the last piece of the puzzle. So if you have a garden hose, Brian, and you keep turning up the water pressure, but you're kinking the hose, Nothing but a little spray is going to come out. Now, that's an exaggeration. We're getting more than a spray out of the DOT. If you talk to the state employee unions, they will say, we do not have enough architects and engineers and planners at the DOT to get more projects launched. That's the kink in the hose, according to the unions. I will say we had a study back in 2010 by the Legislature's Program Review and Investigations Committee that reached a similar conclusion. 
Others in the construction industry will say, well, really, it's the DOT's internal procedures. Uh, they have to jump through too many hoops to launch a project, and they just administratively, no matter how much revenue they have coming in, they can't launch more projects. The DOT is very tight-lipped about the whole thing. Uh, they have filed, Governor Lamont named a new commissioner just about 10 months ago, uh, Garrett Ucolito, and they say they're working on it. The unions, construction trades, and the industry have a lot of faith in him. But, but so far, the hose is still largely kinked. Hmm. That doesn't mean nothing's happening, but we're not doing much more than we did during all those years in the 2000 and late 2010s when the state budget was poor. Mess, now yeah. the state budget's booming, and we're still just doing yeah. limited amounts. Oh. I, I'd like to continue this conversation. I, I have 30 seconds. I, I wanted to go back to your um your overtime story, because I had a quick question. If we go over, I apologize. But basically, you wrote a story on how you know people want the state to rein in its overtime spending, but we have fewer employees. So I, I'm wondering if anyone's done the cost-benefit analysis. Since there are fewer full-time state employees, but there's more overtime, are we actually – I mean, we could still be technically saving, saving more money, right? The, the very short answer, given the time constraints, is – Overall state payroll, especially after you adjust for inflation, is still down if you go back to where we were, say, in 2017. um, The the, the business industry, the CBIA, is arguing, hey, look, we should still get a better handle on this overtime. Well, state government can't replace everybody with automation, with technology. And at some point, if you don't start hiring more staff, the overtime is just going to keep trending up. Yeah, always, um, always informative, Keith. We appreciate it. We probably should dedicate a little more to your segments so we can get it all in. Uh, but we appreciate the time as always. All right, take care, Brian. Uh, Keith Faniff.